Welcome to episode 24. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Welcome to the show. Today is July 1st, 2017, and I am your host, Major, and this is episode 24 of the Straight Up Gay podcast. As always, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. And before we get started with the interview, I would just like to remind everyone that you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash straightupgaypodcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at SUG Podcast. And one of the greatest things you could do for the show to support the show is to go on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, wherever you listen, and rate the show. Make sure you give us a thumbs up or a five-star rating or any of those things that are a positive feedback for those listening platforms. Those will get the the podcast uh, in front of new eyes and ears. And so I would really appreciate everyone who's listening, if you enjoy the show, to go out and please rate the show on those platforms if you can. And if you would like to support the show financially, you can always go to my homepage now at uh, straightupgaypodcast.com. There's a tip jar tab at the top. And if you go in there, you can donate to the show financially. And uh, now we're just going to get on with the interview with my very interesting guest today. His name is Marcelo Acevedo. Do you care if I use your last name? I can cut that out. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Marcelo, he lives in San Pablo, California, and he is the owner and operator of Gay Club TV. Is That's that right. correct? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. welcome to the show, Marcelo. I, I really appreciate you being here, and uh, I am interested in learning all about you today. No problem. Yeah. So can you tell everyone, just give us a brief introduction of who you are and, and tell the audience about what it is you do and who you are. Uh, I am from Chile, South America. I've been here for 40 years now. Uh, st- uh, next year will be 40 years, and uh, I'm with uh, Gay Club TV. It's an online web series, and we just went on the air here in San Francisco, California, uh, meaning that uh, it went on broadcast television on oh, a local okay. TV. Yeah, broadcast the, the TV station. You know, <laughs> was it like a local station? It wasn't. It wasn't a, a network television show. No, it's not like you know, like ABC, CBS. It's more like a local origination station. It's on the, the TV stations owned out of New York. They are they're owned by two TV stations that these guys own, and they're they're multicultural cultural company. So reach so they reach out quite a bit of you know the audience here in San Francisco to all over the Bay Area, you know. And we had the opportunity to to be on it. You know, we were very lucky. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Good for you. And so do Thank me you. a fa- do me a favor and tell us a little bit about. What is Gay Club TV? Like, I I have seen clips of it. Uh, So we met through my friend Parker, who was on the last episode. And he said, oh, you should really talk to Marcelo. He's a really interesting guy. And and he could tell you all kinds of really cool stuff. And he'd be a great guest on your show. So I said, sure. And we got in contact. And um, I knew Parker from way back in high school. Um, back when we were kids, but when we reconnected on Facebook and um, he told me what he was doing and, and I, I saw that he was posting uh, stuff from G- Gay Club TV, you know, like links to the YouTube page. And I did check out a couple of them. I, I'm not a gay man. And so I don't, it, that wasn't my 
you know, cup of yeah, tea. Cup as of they, tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my friend was in it and I said, well, let's see what it's all about. So I watched a couple clips. I didn't watch them beginning to end, but I wanted to see what it was about. So I have a vague idea of what gay club TV is all about. And I think the name does give it away a little bit. But could you tell everyone what is gay club TV and what's it all about? Gay Club TV is primarily uh, uh, it's a traveling TV show. Uh, on like, right now, it was it was on the web for for like six years or so, a little or a little bit more. We reached over a million views finally. We mainly just uh, we go on location. We hit the the best hottest spots like gay clubs and or annual events like pride events and red carpet events that sort of thing. So it's more of an outgoing TV show that doesn't really like doesn't spotlight the the politicians, uh, the negativity of all this political stuff going on with the, and um, mainly what we want you to have a good time and and make you making you understand that this this is this is you that this also could be you you know that's in front of the camera where we you know showcasing this could be you because of of all the stuff that's going on in the world you know we don't want you just be infested what was coming out right now coming on to the world and stuff like that and this honestly is negativity you know all uh, things that are just really bad for the gays etc so we just want to we're making a show that is just pretty much forget all of that and just let's focus on the fun stuff you know yeah. let's hope let's ha- let's just have a good time yeah so from what i saw and what i understood the show to be about was basically um like a video review of different clubs like gay clubs yeah Right? Yeah. Is that pretty much what you guys yes. do? You, you take a camera, you yeah. go you go into a gay club and you're host for that episode. Um whether it's my good friend Parker, make sure you take a, check out my good friend Parker on Gay Club TV. That's right. <laughs> but um uh whether or not it's it's Parker or some other host, but you guys basically just go in there and you meet people inside the club and you maybe talk to the owner and you kind of showcase the joint, you know, for yep. your audience. That's right. That's right. And we get sometimes we get invited to like boat trips or something some okay. some other outside events you know outside of the gay clubs and so forth but uh that's pretty much many that's what it is you know we want you to get to know what club is in your town and it and so if you had to give it a, an adult rating it would it be rated r or pg-13 what kind you know like i think it's more i think it's more pg-13 because of the you know mainly the stuff that goes online it's like you know you know guys with their shirts off and then with their speedos on or something, yeah. you know. So we see a little bit more there, you know. But but once it goes on television, it's a whole new deal. It's a whole yeah, the FCC to contend with. Yeah, so we can get pretty much shut down because of something that you know I may like, but you know FCC may not like that. So how long have you been doing uh, the show Gay Club TV? How long has it been going on? Since two thousand and eight. Imagine that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So for what, seven years? No. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Nine something. years. Nine years. Eight years. Nine. Nine years. Wow. But it seems like it's almost seems like almost yeah, like yesterday, you know, it's like it's I've done other I've produced other TV shows for online or for in cable on my own time. And and there's some there's been some times where the show, the, the name of it, it just doesn't flow. The people that are around you, it's not really working out right the synergies aren't there right like you're just yeah. not, it's not firing on all cylinders yeah we had like this uh this show we call egtv entertainment gay television okay you know and i was like god it's just it takes me a, a big breath to just say. to get that name out you know the yeah. entertainment gay television it's like, it's like a you know big word 
and it's like it's, it seems like you know e entertainment or something you know yeah. like some show e entertainment you know it was like it's gay and e entertainment you know so it's like you know I don't know didn't seem to like it and, well and uh, it sounds like it sounds like it would almost sound better if it was gay entertainment television then you could call it get TV right oh I like that <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idea man that's what I do man just give me something yeah. that, you know. <laughs> So you guys have been on air for or online doing your shows for nine years. And uh, what kind of audience have you built? I mean, uh, do you guys have a big following or is it still pretty much just a a little indie kind of group? Maybe a a small group of people who are already familiar with it or is it growing? Tell me about your audience. It's it's growing. You know, just I think people are catching on a little bit better right now. You know, it's like it's we hit over a million views on YouTube, you know, total views of all the episodes. The second is that we have, you know that we have done, you know, so each one is a little bit different, how it gets pushed out and the audience is different. You know, sometimes we hit that particular uh, audience, meaning that that particular, like, uh, like uh, the fan base of a, of an of an artist or an actor or director that we interviewed, you know, and then, and then it just kind of, it, it gets that audience, you know, from them. So you get, you get a bump from the celebrity yeah, and you probably won't keep all of those people, but you probably, no. you, but you get your you get your show in front of the new eyes, and then you you probably attract some new followers that way that you know yeah. people are interested. And so every time you do another one, you just kind of take another little bump and keep some followers. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's pretty much just just keeps flowing like that. And then what it is is like you try to go you know past another level to bring it up to another another level with the show. Uh, even though for me on on my end, I have to edit, produce. Uh, coordinate everything above, you know, putting it together, and then at the next, at, at the tail end of it, yeah, you, you want to get it to another level with the show. Meaning, like what we did last past weekend uh, for San Francisco Pride, we were able to to air it on on Coffee TV, which is the local TV station there. So, which I paid, I paid a thousand bucks. Wow, to be on that half an hour prime time spot at nine thirty p.m. Wow. Right before anger management, that TV show with Charlie. Okay, so because <laughs> so now that's an interesting question because you paid a thousand dollars out of your pocket. Do, do you make money from the show? I mean, is there any revenue coming from YouTube or anything like that? There's not a whole lot of revenue coming from YouTube. Uh, I think uh, mainly uh, we have hit you know because we went on the air on TV, television, you know the big more the big market and stuff that. Uh, that we have got a, a little bit more bigger response from that, which is interesting. This show should have always been on television, should have always be on TV, etc. But not, uh, we did it mainly to be on online because we have an outlet. You have an outlet. Anybody could be can have an online web series. Pretty much, if you have the right content, the right editing skills, everything, you can have your own show. You know, but um, uh, but yeah, building up, you know, to to have a show. T- so be sustained a sustained level. You got to have advertisers or investors or friends or somebody to give money, whatever you know. But in this case, you know, it was my take of like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, nobody's gonna give me at this point a thousand bucks. You know, I could ask for it and I'll get it. Yeah, but now I still gotta pay for it, etc. So, so uh, I gave it up. Like, no, I'll, I'll. It was an opportunity because uh, when I started in 2008 with the show. The this TV station was at one thirty in the morning slot Sunday night fifteen hundred bucks and this time uh, you know it was yes fifteen hundred bucks for just, half an hour just for one time yes wow 
So, so you gotta look at, a, you know, being a, you know, a producer, you gotta, uh, you're, you're dealing with money, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, things and resources uh, that can help you out. Some, some of the stuff costs you money, and and some of it doesn't, and and, uh, and people will help you out as much as you can, and so forth. But at the end, some of the stuff you gotta pay. You know, like the airtime fee. You know, they just uh, we didn't want to really come up with. I uh, didn't meet with them and. You know, they give, they give me that fat price tag, and then that whole scenario went away. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be so much money just for a prime spot. <laughs> yeah, you know, say it's like right. so. So I went back to the table, like you know, like a couple of months ago. I was working at some corporate show. Work was working. Made a phone call, and I had really good conversations with them. And then uh, they responded, and then they gave me some rates and so forth. And it's a really reasonable rate. They were re- actually really reasonable. So to me, a thousand bucks is, is reasonable. Yeah, no, that's really good. And it, it seems like you're, you're really moving the show forward, which I, you know, I have to give you congratulations for because, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this show. I'm probably going to be producing this show and, and I, I feel your pain as far as, you know, I'm a one man show as well. I produce this podcast all by myself. You know, I, I, I book the guests. I, I yeah. record the audio. I edit the audio. I, you know, post it online. I maintain the blog, you know. I feel your pain as far as being a one man show and uh, really congratulations to you for getting on broadcast TV. That's a big step for you. And I think for the rest of my life, I'm probably going to be producing an online podcast with about 30 subscribers. You know, I, I just, it's a hard thing to do to get people interested into your stuff. Yeah. The fact that I use a pseudonym, you know, and not my real name. So I don't, I don't, um, promote it myself on my own page. I've had to rely on some close friends who have, uh, shared the show with their friends and kind of tried to get it out through my friendship network that way. And so, um, in my time in the next nine years, if I'm still doing this show, like you have, you know, for nine years, I'll probably still be here in my, in my spare bedroom recording on, on the internet. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's how you see it majors, how you see yourself as a vision of your, of yourself. As you, you gotta really concentrate on the vision. How do you see that, that ultimate vision? You have to really concentrate on that sort of thing. But the, the dreams do come true. Or, or people say, I'm going to be stuck doing this and that. No, it's really up to you. It's really up to us as a person. And as the dream comes by and gets offered and the opportunity is there, but you don't know who you're going to be talking to. You don't know who who's going to be have the same kind of energy as you do to put something out, put something out there, you know, because uh, Everyone is on should be on the same page and try to get stuff good stuff out there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, I think if I could think about, you know, where could I take the show? I think the best I could probably shoot for at least right now is doing maybe like a little 2 minute or a 10 minute spot on NPR, you know? It's like one Yeah, of those, totally. <laughs> one of those if that, you know, if that's the mission. If that's your mission from this point, I, I one day I'm going to be an NPR, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not one day, you know, like, ah, that's going to be my mission. But I think as a, as a person, as a human, if you, I think if you set yourself up to do that, I think you will have that. You will have that, you know, one day. But so I have had, I mean, a lot of uh, what they call dreams and, and things of that sort. And to be in movies and to be meet celebrity stars and, and film people and film things. And they actually, that's, that's what they come true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That have come true. You know, to be in a movie, I worked in the movie Matrix. To be part of a, some, being extra in some movie, I was part of being extra in Made in America, Sister Act, and, 
you know. Oh, you were an extra in those. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Man, you have to tell us more about that. You were an extra in The the Matrix, you said? Yeah, I was was part of uh, just a a construction crew. We turned down on uh, The Matrix 2 and 3. Tear, tear down the the freeway. So I was a, with a big old hammer, just. <laughs> oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah, I wasn't in the matrix. I was just turning, turning down, down. Oh okay, you worked as like as a stage grip. Yeah, but we were able to find like like uh, call sheets and diagrams of the movie, you know, and and it's just being part of that, you know, being that whole part of back behind the scenes that was just amazing you know yeah wow that's really cool man good for you congratulations that was that must have been a really like interesting time to be you know on the movie set and stuff like that you said you're on sister act as well yeah i was an extra now with me and my buddy and i we were extras on there we were in the, in the scene where they were singing my god my god you know what I mean? oh yeah that. yeah i remember that that's oh, well, <laughs> stuck in my hand now so whenever i hear that song, i'm like oh here we go here we yeah go. no i'm gonna have to go back and watch it now to see if i can find you right <laughs> i'm way in the back of the i'm way in the back so but with the suit on but it was like it was really really funny but we were to hear that song over and over again you know all day you know it's like oh, okay let's do it again <laughs> yeah one more time from the top <laughs> time, yeah oh, here we go Wow, man, that's really cool, man. So that's that's really interesting. Good for you. Um, so let's uh, let's move on the interview here a little bit, and let's get to know a little bit about you personally. I just like when we get to know you. I want to start from the beginning, and I want to know about, and I want to want you to share with us about the first experience you remember in which you realized you weren't straight or you were gay, and that you were attracted to men. So, what's the earliest time that you can recall in your life that experience? When I was a little kid. I think I was like six years old. I was six years old, and I was like with uh, like guys, some sort of reason. I was a little kid, a little boy, you know, six, seven years old or something. And I was like, he looks cute, you know. <laughs> like, but what happened? Like when when you first really like cognizant, you know, when you realized that, you know, oh my goodness, I like guys, you know, kind of thing. Was it you were in school and you saw oh. a boy at the like? Tell us about the first experience you recall. I think it was probably like. uh more in my early twenties, you know, more like when I fully accepted it, because I think it was more like a, like a, like a bouncing little ball in your head, you know, they can't get out. So when you were younger, you felt like you liked boys or men, and then as you you kind of didn't really act on it or or, or explore that right. part of yourself until you were twenty. Yeah, because there's more. That's when I was like, oh, I can't. This is this is this is. I know society is very straight. You know, when we wake up. When we are born into this, you know, to this world, everything around you is very straight, obviously. It's not, you know, your gay flags everywhere or et cetera, you know, gay markets or, or you know, that sort of thing. You're in the castle or something like that, you know. You wake up some suburbia somewhere, another part of the world, and it's like, wow, oh, what's going on? You know, how come the guys that I like, are, you know, they're, they're hot, they like them and stuff like that. And But I started going to, like... Um, uh, like a support group, so I started. I wanted to go up to a support group, a gay support group that I found out, and it was one in Berkeley, you know. And uh, and there, there what I went there, and and I made a lot of friends there. And um, there were like several different different sessions where you can actually figure out which will be more for you to go and explore with other people, like the coming out process. So there'll be like coming out process. You know, between the ages of 18 to 23, and there will be like men's groups that are 23 to 29 or or 32 to 45, you know, et cetera. So, you know, I was in the, I think it was like a 20 to 
24 group or something like that. I was in that, in that category. So, but when you, when you went to the support group, was that your first like, uh, attempt at exploring yourself and, and understanding your attractions as a gay man? Yeah, primarily, yeah, because I was able to, like, just talk to, there was a counselor there. They were actually psychiatrists or psychotherapists, so that sort of thing. So we were able to go into more in-depth uh, uh, conversations with them. You know, because uh, uh, I come from a Latin family, you know, um, the family probably wouldn't even accept it or something like that. So it was really kind of a kind of a hard kind of situation where what were they accepting or now, you know, that sort of thing. So we had to figure out what would be kind of the steps, you know, to to bring it out to them. It's like, you know, that hey, I'm I'm gay. Yeah. So let me let me back up just a little bit. What you first realized it when you were about six, you said, and um when did you move to the United States? You moved from Chile. Uh, to the United States. How old were you when you did that? I was when I did that. Was I when I was I was in Chile. I was in, I was in Chile. Yeah. That's so when it, you did so all I, went up until you were twenty. Like, what age did you move to the United States? How old were you? I was uh, like seven years old. Okay, so you first discovered that about yourself in Chile, and then you moved here, and so and you guys yeah. moved. You moved from Chile to California, and you've been there the whole time. Yes, all the time, yeah. Okay. And then when you were about 20, you went to a support group for gay men, or was it just for LGBT people in general? Gay men. Gay men, okay. And then they helped you with the coming out process and, and understanding yourself, right? Yes. Okay. And that was pretty good for you then, right? Like, I mean, you really got, you know, you actually had a really good opportunity to speak with therapists, and they were, you know, the, the counselors and the other people there were, were really good at helping you deal with that realization about yourself. Yes, and that way uh, we were also we were we met some some people that were also also going through that situation. So it's not just me going and meeting some counselors. There was like a support group, meaning that there was like another like ten other people there, you know, and all they're all like a little bit different age groups, etc. Different, everyone's coming out um, differently, uh, uh, different times, and you know. Um, so it was it was so we were all kind of like oh you're going through what i'm going through too you know so we were able to like i was able to build up some friendships like that as well and then we were able to like go out with them hang out with them and you know i still see them actually some like as of today i still hang out with some of my friends that we where we went to the thing i picked up on was um one of one of my previous guests allison um she she talked about going to support groups as well and and she said it was very uh good for her um, she was a transgender woman, and so she went to a transgender support group. And, you know, hearing the experiences from other people, she said on the show, she's like, oh, well, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. And you could get to hear the other people's experiences and sharing their their triumphs and traumas. And, and you, you know, you guys can find, you know, uh, things in common with each other as far as your experience is concerned, right? That's And that's, that's what it was. And that was perfect because uh, you thought you had it bad. You, the other people had it worse than you. So you're like, oh, well, okay, I don't have it that bad. Yeah, right. You can see, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would like to go, I, so I saw here that um, you, you're not very religious now, right? No, I'm not. I'm more, I guess well, I, heard, I heard one of your 
your podcast and you were talking about religious, et cetera. I think I'm more considered more atheist. Yeah. So I'm an atheist as well, right? I, I, I am an atheist. It's, it, that's actually one of the reasons why I use a pseudonym because I'm in the military and, and I don't want any problems between my career in the military or my civilian career messing with that. So I just try to keep my identity separate. And uh, also, you know, I don't want to, my son is gay. And so I want to be able to talk about that on the show without outing him to people. And so by keeping my identity, you know, using a pseudonym. So, but, uh, yeah, I understand. yeah when, I, when I work in corporate video, uh, we tend to be, we don't really talk, we don't talk about religious, anything religious or politics. Those are two things that we don't, we don't talk about at work, but we still do. It just depends on how long you know the person, et cetera, that we can have an, an actual uh, an actual conversation about it, you know? Yeah. See, like, like we don't talk about it at work either, but I have a group of friends that I sit at the lunch table with, and I've known them for a long time. So we're a little more relaxed, and, and our conversation's a little more edgy at the, at the lunch table. So I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but, I mean, we, but we would not ever – mostly not ever talk about to a client that we're dealing with or something about oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's we cool. don't. I'm like, they may say something about it, but you, I would just keep my mouth shut. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, and then change the subject or something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but were you re- were you raised religious at all? Like, were your parents very religious? I think you were raised Catholic, right? Yes, I was raised Catholic, but I mean, we wouldn't go to church every single you know weekend or something. You know, like some some friends do. You know, that I have who are gay. You know, and I think they're still coming out of the closet. <laughs> they're older than I am, and we work together. You know, but they, it's like, nah, come on. It's like it's 2017, right? So, but it's like they're still of, of all the the friends that they have, like the this, you know, that they have built upon. That this, I I think there's there's still that uncomfortableness that they still have. You know, unfortunately, and they may not ever. Uh, they may not ever come out more. You know, I think coming out process is like it's a it's a uh, it's day for day, meaning that it's like you're constantly coming out every single day, a little bit of something, even even you know, posting something online on Facebook or something, you know, something about it, you know, on your regular Facebook, personal to me. Yeah, you know, one of my one of my previous guests said that that uh, coming out is is a continual process. It, it's an ongoing thing. It, it, when you first come out, it's just you're you're letting out a little bit at a time. You kind of let off the pressure valve there, and and you you share that with one or two people, and then throughout the rest of your life, as it as it gets more comfortable for you, you you reveal it to more people. And it's just a, it's good, probably going to be for many people a lifelong thing of of coming out to new people that you meet and new friends that you make and new coworkers and things like that. So, and that's one of the reasons why building upon a, a show that we gay called TV. That's one of the reasons why I, I wanted to create such a show, because that way a mainstream person watches mainstream TV, et cetera, a normal person, meaning normal. <laughs> what is normal, you know? But it's like someone who's straight, who's right-wing straight. Yeah. You know, look at that. You know, right-wing straight, watching gay club TV. And you're like, what What? What am I watching here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's like, I think... That's one of and and their kid is about to come out or something, and their their white wing mother, you know, that goes is out of you know, religious and stuff, you know, she's watching the show and her kid's about to come out of, out of the closet. It's like that kind of situation, you know. And I hope that you know if they watch the show, that I can make a difference. That I could you know say, hey, we're having a great time, mom. 
your 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 kid will have a great time. You want to show the positivity of yeah. the LGBT community. You want to show the fun that they have and the support that they have for each other, and and yeah. just you know not all the negative stuff. You know the bathroom laws and the anti LGBT and religious freedom stuff that people are always trying to oppress the LGBT community with. You want to show the positive side and show people that you know, hey, it's not always so bad. Exactly, because because I think as a parent, I'm not I'm not a parent, but I'm. Um, but I'm saying as a, I think as a parent, they want to protect their kid, et cetera. And one of the things my mother approached me was like, you know, uh, who you been hanging out? Who are you, you know, these friends when I was little, you know, coming out, you know, you know, um, you're, you're, you're a straight A student. You get all these certificates and so forth. How can you be gay? How can you be gay? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up next about coming out to your family and how that went. So you came out around the age of 20, 24 to your, yeah. to your family the first time. Yeah. Actually, my, my sister uh, told my mom that I like guys. So why does my and my sister was like I think fourteen years old. How did your sister find out? That's what I was gonna. That was the first because I saw <laughs> I saw you said <laughs> here your sister was, told your mom. So how did your sister find out? Did you she come saw out her with a guy or something? I kissed him or something. And she's like, why is my brother kissing a guy? You know, why is what's up with that? And you know, like I didn't know, like my I did not know that my 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 brother's gay and it just kind of said that to my mom so you so you didn't know that she knew no way yeah you got outed to your mom yeah and she put me in the corner and she's like so what's the deal here what how did i find this out that you're you you like guys you're like man what's what what's going on here you know i'm gonna send you back to chile i'm like go right ahead <laughs> there's gay guys there too <laughs> wait what am i what's the next airline tickets i go go back to chile and yeah like, anyway well maybe not i don't think so that would be not a good idea anyways but uh but uh and i told i told her you know i want to tell my dad about it too it's like don't tell your dad like no it's like he should should he should also know yeah i did tell my dad about it and you how know, did how did it go with your dad what did, i mean he's like my dad gave me a big old hug did he really Wow, that's cool. So he wasn't as upset as your mother was. Were your parents married at the time? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So are they still married? No, my dad's passed away like two years ago. Oh, okay. So he was living uh, in Chile. They separated after a while. They, they separated and he lived down there. Okay. So, what that's. so really the only person that was upset in your family was your mother. Yeah, and now as of today, today she feels like a, she's like the luckiest mother to have her as a son. That she, so she's really supportive now? Yeah, yeah. She's, yes. She even she, she even DVD she DVR the the show Gay Club TV when it aired last weekend. So. Oh, she did. That's really cool. Yeah. Good for you. No, man. I did. I mean, I I I took her to places like gay parties. I went to the Castro with her, to some clubs and stuff like that. And I took her to some uh, some oh you know like show TV show openings and 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 I told her, look, mom, look, it's all these men are are men, right? She's like, yeah, they're men, but mom, they're all gay. Oh yeah. She's what? <laughs> <Look around laughs> I can imagine that man just shocking your Surely mom with a, You're in a room full of gay men, you know, and but it's a, it's about teaching the parent. To me, it's like about teaching the parent what what your surroundings and people, who you're with, hanging out with. Well, you know, I think understanding, you know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot about learning more about what you don't know. Like, for example, so because I host this podcast, right, I, I, I'm doing my best to understand the LGBT experience, you know, because I'm not a gay man or a transgender person, I, I don't have that firsthand experience. So I have to 
take the opportunity to interview people like yourself or my transgender guests and try to understand and get a glimpse into what their experience is like. And so I've been trying hard to learn more and more about that. And recently I just realized, and I, I hadn't missed the entire first season, but I've gone back and DVR'd it was uh, I Am Jazz. Have you heard about that show? No, I have not. So on TLC, there's a show I Am Jazz. And I'm write it down. Yeah, it's <laughs> I Am Jazz, J-A-Z-Z. And it's about a young transgender girl um, and her family. It's kind of like uh, the reality show version, you know, for a transgender girl of like... Um, the Honey Boo Boo show, right? Like they, they follow her family around and they, they show the experience that she's going through as a transgender girl. Um, I want to say she's roughly uh, the ages. Uh, she's going into high school, I think. So she's probably about 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was just like, well, I recorded it and I just recorded the first season. I've been going through it because it's, it's a good opportunity to get a good long-term exposure to understanding what it's like for her to go through life and, and early life as well, you know, like middle school, high school as a transgender girl and see the obstacles that she faces and, and become more accustomed to what they face every day. And so I think that's a good thing that you did with your mom was to take her around and expose her to the unknown, right? By exposing her and kind of, you know, getting her used to realizing that, hey, just because they're gay, they're not bad people. They're not going to, you know, they're not sexually deviant. They're not going to be like, you know, raping and molesting people and things like that. You kind of show her that, hey, they're just people like everyone else. They just happen to like someone of the same sex, you know? And so. And that, also, there were, she was also concerned about, you know, that, you know, AIDS and stuff like that, you know? Well, yeah. But, you know, about stuff. I'm, yeah, you got to be protected, et cetera. And she'll, she'll, she doesn't want her kid to die. Yeah, of course. No, you know, I don't think any mother wants her kid to die. Or anybody, you know, or any kid. But the, but the, 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 the way the society, the news, and all the politicians, all the stuff, gay, you know, back in those times, you know, gay equals death, or you know, because of the AIDS epidemic and et cetera. So it's it's a, it's a real, um, in my generation, you know, we will. We just started, you know, with the 14K modems and 56K modems. Yeah, we started getting the internet. Yeah, exactly with the pager and all that stuff, you know. Uh, so, so it was kind of so the communication and all that stuff was not there. You know, you didn't have uh, a library on the palm of your hand like you do today. You, you just don't didn't have that back in those days. You know, so today you have everything in your palm of your, palm of your head. You know, everything is right there. Any information. If you're good, like, uh, at, uh, you know, you know, figuring out things out, you, know, you have everything right there, you know, so. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is you work in the TV industry, right? Like, that's pretty much what you do full time. Yes, I do do that full time. And some of the stuff is all, and some of the stuff that I do is NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to ask anything specific. What I, was... I could just tell you that they're very famous people, very famous CEOs. Oh, okay. Like extraordinary, they're very they're billionaires. They're crazy, you know. That's the way they are. And I, I'm lucky enough uh, through the years to be able to uh, film those guys, you know, um, old ladies and stuff like that. And um, I'm I'm considered one of the a a camera operators and all this stuff, whatever. But you know, but I'm just a person who just happens to wind up with the with the right people and the right characters, the right chemistry. It's all in the end. It's all about the right chemistry. Uh, working with these very talented in, uh, engineers, very engineers and directors and stuff like that, and, and other camera operators as well who have toured with Michael Jackson, who have toured with Rolling Stones and Madonna. And you know, I'm like, I'm hanging out with the Madonna 
you know, camera operator that she toured with her all these years. I'm like, oh my God, you know? Yeah, you're like, like, oh my God, he filmed Madonna. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's like, but I, I've never done any of that stuff, but mainly what I, it's, it's the corporate boring stuff, you know, like, you know, like new gadgets, new phones, uh, new things of that sort, you know, uh, it's, they want it, those environments and stuff like that, they want to keep it, uh, uh, multicultural, uh, as a, as a crew, meaning that you have your Latinos, your African Americans, your Asian <laughs> and your gays, you know, it's like, it's like <laughs> It's like a gay Latino, you know. It's yeah. like it's so you check two boxes for them, right? <laughs> a lot of boxes. Yeah, it's pretty much two boxes. Yeah. So, so, but it's uh, again, it's all the the chemistry how you you are with all these people. I'm very open minded. I'm very like open source, open book with all of them and some of that. And um, well, we are very you know respectable, very much responsible with um, among each other and some of that. And uh, some of them are, are still, I think, they're closeted. You know, they're closeted individuals and and um unfortunately that's that's the way they're going to be living the rest of their career life but that's that's on their end how they wanted to approach their life from the beginning get-go and my end is like i want to get this out of the way because what i heard in those in those rooms when i was in in those rooms where you know the people helping you out all this stuff there was 50 year olds 50 years coming out of the closet then. Just a few episodes ago, I was talking to a guy who was a gay man. He's a, an army pastor or a, a, an army chaplain, and he came out at like 45 or something like that. So he lived a large portion of his life, you know, rep- repressing it and not facing that part of himself. And I could imagine that's pretty difficult to deal with. But uh, what I was getting at was, uh, so you work in the TV industry. I was going to ask you... Um, who are some of your role models that you look up to as far as in your life? Role models. I right now, currently right now, is uh, Dustin Lance Black. You know, um, one of my previous guests just said the same thing. He, What was the show he's involved in again? He just, uh, he was in the movie, uh, he he wrote the movie Milk. Yeah, Milk, right. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like a award and also wasn't. He just worked in the movie, um, not movie, series When We Rise. Yeah, When We Rise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Cleet Jones, it was in there too. And see, I met, uh, met him like in 2008. Oh, you got to meet him? Yeah, I got to meet him. Yeah, I got to meet him. I st- we still hang out sometimes. And um, uh, see, in 2008, I used to be very, very much involved with the gay media, in, uh, you know, with the clubs and videos on the video screens and commercials, all this stuff. And I was I was also represented for Gay.com and Here TV. Uh, you know, was there satellite satellite person individual who'll be out in the you know in the trenches talking to people, etc. And um, and so they will put me uh, to to talk to these people, you know. And some of these people were like they're making movies or they're speaking or they're they're politi- they're kind of like more you know act- political activists and that sort of thing. So that's how I was able to meet. A lot of these people that I that I know of uh, so today, but uh, like Cleve Jones is a uh, you know I, I love Cleve Jones, a political activist and stuff like that. He's just incredible. He's with a uh, um, he knew Harvey Milk back in the day and stuff like that. And so him and I we 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 will have some drinks at the mix in the Castro, hang out. I think I'll be more trash than he would, you know, drinking and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love uh, of of his. Of, of all bottom, you know, it's just incredible person. And, um, with also with Dustin Lance Black, 
He's a you know filmmaker and he just loves what he does. Uh, I'll send you a link. We just interviewed him this past weekend. I'll send you a link of, of the video that we just. Oh yeah, did. I'll, I'll put what I'll do is I'll take that link and I'll post it in the show notes. So if anyone listening wants to see it as well, they can view it as well. So that way, when this episode posts, um, they can just go to the show notes on the on the homepage and click a link to that. And also with other people like Barack Obama and so that you know they're also inspiring um, person that. I looked up to you, you know, with uh, powerful speeches that he made, you know, towards the people of America and stuff like that and abroad and stuff. And, you know, and, and just, you know, with, with TV, you know, I admire a lot of video engineers, <laughs> my engineers that I work with in the industry, the, the global industry that had to do with corporate, you know, um, a lot of video engineers and video directors that I work with and stuff like that. And we just get it done. I can tell you that we just get it done. That's good. And so is there something about, you know, you, you seem to be doing pretty well. You don't, you don't, it doesn't appear that you live much of your life very closeted, that a lot of people in your life know that you're gay and that, you know, you're pretty much comfortable with telling people that. But is there something about our society and our culture that you are concerned about for the future as a gay man? I think that it may come back, it may go back to suppression if, you know, this, you know, the Trump administration keeps pulling the strings, you know, of the LGBTQ community, you know, if he's going to keep doing that, that, uh, the, the, the regular man who's gay may go back into the closet. Do you think that's something that can actually happen that when people come out, they, they can go back? I mean, you like, so for example, you live a pretty out life. Um, pretty much most of the people, if not all the people in your life know that you're gay. And, and if for some reason, there were to be some regulation come out. Do you think you could even go back into the closet? I mean, would you be able to? I just won't talk about it. That's really going back to the closet. Won't talk about it, you know, with my coworkers, you know, but that way they won't, it won't, um, you know, it just, it won't, you know, they won't think about it, you know? So, so, so it, it would just, it will be going, we're going back to Stone Ages again. Do you think it would affect people who haven't come out yet more versus the people who are already out? You know, maybe the the younger generation. It would definitely affect them more. Yeah. Okay. So funny, make them suppress and, and really bad for them. You know, with and that with that suppression coming into 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 play, that means that creativity won't come into play anymore. It, it will block it. You work specifically in the TV industry. So, is there anything about the TV world that concerns you as far as the LGBT side of you is concerned? No, not really. But I'm in San Francisco, luckily. You know what I'm saying? So San Francisco. So they can't really see a whole lot of, about the gays when, you know, when we're on location, that sort of thing. You know, some of them, I think the old school, you know, people, journeyman people, you know, they're older now. They're like in their 60s, you know, they may have, you know, I think there's since, since they've gone up, since they've gone through more, you know, with the industry, but it was you know, back in the Dale's days, it was, it was more male dominant, you know, more male dominant dominated in that industry yeah in that industry that you know only i could do a man can do you know rigging and lighting and, and all that sort of thing you know and now you, you know there's women ladies who are doing that rigging and lighting that's sort of thing man work you know man power stuff you know there's like you know ladies who are lesbians you know who are in my local union they're just incredible they will they will beat your you know, pardon my language. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll bleep. I'll bleep it or cut it out. That's fine. <laughs> you know, they'll beat me up. You know, what I'm saying, but uh, but they're tough. They're tough, and they got to be tougher. You know, they got to be tougher yeah. to show. They got to prove show themselves, right? The rigor. You know that. Ah, you know, I'm there. So on the other side of that coin, 
as a gay man, what makes you hopeful for the future? What is something that you can look forward to? I look forward to more people creating content, gay content, you know, for the LGBTQ community, you know, it's like it's a lot more, you know, companies are more open about it these days. We just, we just worked on with uh, Comcast Infinity. We were able to uh, go to their booth. Imagine this. I'll show you an, uh, an email, uh, not email, but a, a link where we had uh, Farah Moan. She's with, uh, she was, uh, she won, but I believe, eighth place on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. So she was at the booth, at the San Francisco Pride Boots Xfinity booth, that is. And we were able to go there and do an interview with her. And so my my host, he was there and we did an interview whole this whole thing. So what I'm saying is, look at that. They have a drag queen. Xfinity Comcast has a drag queen at their booth. <laughs> nice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? what? You know, like you would never see this like 10, 15 years ago or something, you know? So and today you can actually, I think companies, more corporate companies are, they're opening up more. And there's a, there's a, a company called Community Community Marketing. Tom Roth, he's probably the one that teaches corporate corporations, you know, how to handle the gay, uh, the gay, you know, the lesbian community, you know, how to, how to approach them. Okay, so it was like Thomas Roth with Community Marketing. He's the one that teaches about two corporations, you know, like Xfinity, like, you know, like Disney, uh, you know. Big companies, Apple. That's like sort of a thing. like a cultural sensitivity kind of. Yeah, exactly. And now you see all those companies. You see them like more open up. You know, this you see them. You know, uh, you know, marching at the gay gay parade and and all that stuff. You know, down the line, exposing themselves. You know. So you have Gay Club TV, and it's still it's still airing regular shows online, right? Yes. Uh, yes, we do have. They're smaller segments and not for the full 30 minutes. You don't want to, nobody wants to sit through an online web show for 30 minutes to tell you that. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> so let's, this is the chance to plug your show and, and your work with the audience. And so I want you to tell everyone how they can find your show, how they can find you, if, if you want them to be able to contact you. Tell them where and how to get a hold of you or, or find the Gay Club TV show. Uh, you can. You can find Gay Club TV on uh, on YouTube, on Twitter, everything, you know, at Gay Club TV, hashtag Gay Club TV, on Instagram. Uh, we have also, we have uh, www.gayclubtv.com. Okay. Oh, okay. So you do have a website. Okay. We have the website. We're on Facebook. We're on www.facebook.com forward slash Gay Club TV. You can reach me at Marcelo Acevedo at gayclubtv.com. Yeah. Okay. So that's M A R C E L O A C E V E D O at gayclubtv.com. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So. Okay. Well, man, it was really great to meet you, Marcelo. I really appreciate you coming on the show. We had a great talk and uh, it was really interesting to learn about everything that you do. I wish you the best of luck at Gay Club TV. Um, make sure if you're listening out there and you're, and you're going to check out the Gay Club TV, make sure you check out the episodes with my very good friend, Parker. Um, he is an excellent host for Gay Club TV and probably if I watched more of it would be my favorite host, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you like working with Parker? Was he, was he a good host for you? Oh yeah, he was freaking phenomenal. Yeah, he he's really got a great personality. He's just on it. I love it. And um, I'm actually going to be putting some new episodes together where he's going to be part of it. So okay. From the, uh, I believe we did um, 
the San Francisco Pride two years ago. So we're going to use some of that content. Oh, okay. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I was just talking to Parker the other day and he said he was interested in, in picking it back up and, and hosting for Gay Club TV. So oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's like the, the, the opportunities are endless, you know, where he's at too, you know, and even though he may be in another state, but we're still there, you know? Yeah, I know. Such a wonderful, wonderful person, Parker is. Yeah, he had, he had nothing but great things to say about you as well. So um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope it works out for both of you, and I hope you guys get back together because I know he's a really dynamic personality, and I'm sure he's a great boost for your show. So I wish you the best of luck on Gay Club TV. And as always, you know, you can always uh, follow the Straight Up Gay podcast. Remember, you can f- you can email me at major at Straight Up Gay podcast, and I'm also on Twitter at SUG podcast. And Facebook at facebook.com slash straight up gay podcast. And if you go to my website, there are episodes available to listen to. You can go right, listen right from the website. Uh, there's now a tip jar. Remember, don't forget to tip your podcaster. Um, you can tip me through podcast or through PayPal. So if you'd like to leave a tip, you can go to my webpage there and go to the, the tab at the top that says tip jar and, and leave me a tip and support the show that way. Uh, but most importantly, I think, is please go on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Google Play and rate the show. Please give me those five-star reviews or the thumbs-up review. That would really be a big boost uh, to the show that you can support the show without having to give money uh, and donate uh, something straight out of your pocket. It's just a little take two minutes of your time and go out there and, and rate the show for me and help me get the show out there to a wider audience. So. Marcelo, thank you for joining me today. It was great talking to you. And for everyone else, I will see you on episode 25. Hi, Mom. I'm really scared right now, but I have to. At age 13, my mother knew I wasn't straight. She didn't understand, but she had so much to say. She sat me on the couch, looked me straight in my face and said, you'll burn in hell or probably die of AIDS. It's funny now, but at 13, it was pain to be almost sure of who you are and have it ripped away. And I'm sorry if it's too real for some of you to fathom, but hate for who you love is not exactly what you'd imagine. Uh, and I guess it was disastrous, cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness. Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside, because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive. And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny And ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion And I can't change Even if I tried Even if I wanted to I've seen innocent children suffer beneath bruises Suffer beneath every single hand that chooses Ignorance, fuck your religion Fuck constitutions, fuck superstitions There are no lakes of fire, we're here on earth And the only thing to do is put love first And so I stand for the boy who died by his hand To the sound of his father screaming woman loves man This is Adam and Eve, 
not Adam and Steve And I stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve And a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder And I stand for it all until ignorance is over This is for you, for knowing who you are For never letting your magic outside of your heart Be you, be brave And understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you No rehab to visit, it is not an addiction, it's love And it's selfless, it's yours and everybody else's So don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless See us as yourself, there's no equality and difference Until we all get it, we'll be drowning in the same blood This white orientation, we all feel the same love We'll be drowning in the same blood This white orientation, we all feel the same love able to speak who we believe we are or who we dream will become like drum beats forever changing their rhythm I am living today as someone I had not yet become yesterday and tonight I'll only borrow pieces of who I am today to carry with me to tomorrow no I'm not gay no I'm not straight and I sure as hell I'm not bisexual damn it I am whoever I am when I am it loving whoever you are when the stars shine and whoever you'll be when the sun rises so here's to being able here's to love Here's to loving just because. Here's to acceptance. Here's to never fearing the fear of rejection. Here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are. Here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever. Here's to the moment that you realize things do get better. Here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late. Here's to second chances. Here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love, here's to change. 